welcome back to another episode of the Warrior Within the Woman podcast. I am your host, Pastor Lauren Daniel, and whether you are a first-time listener or a regular, we want to welcome you again today. But if you are listening to our podcast via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you are listening, we want to encourage you, please, please leave a review, share the podcast with friends and family, get the word out so that we can share the gospel with more people, more listeners, and encourage more women for this week was my 31st birthday. And as I was thinking about what to say, I really just kept going back to what God has done. And I'm just so, I'm just so in awe of who he is and the miracles that he's done. And I want to share with you today on the subject of the story I will tell. Today, just the idea that I had was just what story would I tell other women? What advice would I give other women? Like I said, I've not been alive, maybe not even long as long as some of you listening, and I'm definitely not claiming to know everything or really if even with these points if I know anything, but I really believe that God's given me a story to tell because there's something in it that's going to help you. There's trials, there's temptation, there's struggles. I see that it's truly not about me at all, but it's something that could help you to help other women realize not to step where I stepped or not to not to struggle with these ideas of feeling alone or less than because everybody goes through them and so as I just wanted to kind of honor or commemorate this episode of my 30th year alive and the 30th year of God's blessing upon me because I truly am so grateful that I'm alive because there's a lot of things in my life that could have taken me out There's a lot of decisions I could have made that could have totally halted everything that God wanted in my life and to use me in. There are are seasons of life that I think I could have been further along in my life now in ministry or just helping other lives. But today I hope that this episode, even though it might be a little different than what we normally do, You'll get encouragement, you'll maybe laugh along with me, you'll get joy, maybe you'll have some peace. I pray that you have peace in knowing you're not alone in this life. And I hope that maybe these little snippets of wisdom, maybe these little things that as I've gone through thinking about my 30 years of life and the wisdom God has imparted to me, that I'm still sometimes trying to wrap my mind around. I hope that it makes it to your heart today. So this episode is for every young woman who is questioning what is next. For every woman of every age dealing with fear of the future. For every warrior woman needing some wisdom to just make it through to the next day. For every woman who just needs to know you're not alone, this episode is for you today. It's going to get a little personal, (laughs) and I hope that it will help you. 
I think all of us can maybe look at the beginning of our lives when the first 10 to what 18 years right the first 18 years of our lives as children growing up the first maybe 20 years of our lives of just growing up and and going through school and just having these normal you know problems normal things that teenagers go through and and I there are a lot of things that God taught me in that and I clearly don't want to just assume that there's only four things I've learned in 30 years, but really my growing process, my growth really started when I was 18 years old. When I finally got out of, you know, high school, finally was going into college and trying to decide what I wanted to do with my life. And I remember having served as a youth leader in our church for a few years, I learned to love ministry in a whole other way. Because as a pastor's kid, we see every aspect of ministry, the good, bad, and the ugly. And I think being in a role where I was stretched really caused me to think about what I want to do for the rest of my life. And even though I was going to college and I totally support women that want to do multiple things because I believe God has given us talents and skills that can serve in so many purposes and so many aspects of our lives. And we never know what season we're going to go into when we are going to need that, right? But I remember at 18, I was entering college and even from 18 to 19, struggling with the idea, do I really want to do this? Like, is this really what I feel like I'm called to do? Is this really what feels right because I saw all of the, the struggle of ministry. Did I really want to take that on? Did I really want to go through even more intense intensity as a pastor myself, seeing what my parents had gone through throughout the years of just being their child and seeing from the background? And as I contemplated that, I remember struggling with the fact that when I truly got to the place that I said, okay, God, this is what you have me. This is what you made me to do. There is no other option. <laughs> There's no other thing that I would want to do. And even though it's hard, and even though there's a lot of walls up against you and people's opinions up against you, I really knew, I knew this was it. I mean, they always say, and, and I don't want to make it a super emotional thing because I believe that as you grow and as you learn and as you talk to God and your relationship grows, that is going to add a whole other aspect to your ministry. But to be on a whole level of just truly, I was, I was fighting against myself because I was going to college to get a degree for something totally different. And struggling with it, do I get this degree and ministry? Do I? And I was making things so complicated. And I remember one night at the altar, I was just praying and crying out to God. And I said, God, I don't want to do anything else but what you have created me to do. So just give me peace. Give me clarity. I remember we had just um, implemented these merge services at our church. And that was whenever our youth group at our church on the last Sunday night of every month would lead the service. We would do worship, we would do altar, we would do offering, and then I would preach or we would have a youth member give them an opportunity to preach. And 
I remember, even though I was nervous and sweating and <laughs> dry mouth and sweaty palms and slipping out of my heels because my heels were so sweaty. I know that's really gross, but I was so much nerve nerves coming out of me as this 18-year-old kid. I remember would I would get so nervous every time to speak, but every time, every time I would preach, even though, you know, I think my sermons may have gotten a little bit better over the years and I've learned a little bit of my own rhythm and how I present the word, there's no greater feeling I had. There's no greater feeling in the world than truly seeing God in the midst of you, what you're putting your hands to and, and truly knowing <laughs> Truly knowing I am not this talented. I am not this creative. I am not this talented to, to do this. I know that I am lacking in so many areas of my life. I know. I know deep down I, I am nothing. I am nothing. And it made it even sweeter that opportunity and, and just getting behind the pulpit and reading from scripture and sharing my heart and sharing what I felt God had spoken to me and seeing people's lives change, not because of me, but being in awe that God, you choose me. How? Like why? Why would you choose me, God? Because I'm really, I, I, you could find so many better people, <laughs> so many women that would do, be more eloquently spoken than me and do better than me. And, and I remember these moments of my life. And that was the moment I remember if <laughs> at the altar where I said, God, give me clarity. I want to do what you created me to do. So if I'm beating down a door that's not going to open, just tell me. And I remember just as clear as day hearing God tell me, are you willing to walk away? Can you walk away from it? And at that moment, and it wasn't just the emotions that you feel seeing God move in a service that you're preaching, right? I mean, that's, it's a, it's overwhelming <laughs> humility, overwhelming joy. And I remember just seeing, just realizing I couldn't walk away. At 18 years old, I couldn't walk away from ministry, no matter even how much, like, logically I knew how much ministry was a struggle and how much it would be a fight. I couldn't walk away. And I remember the first, I mean, I still, even now, even though I'm getting older now, a lot of the things you struggle with, you know, you're, you're going to always, that's always going to be a button that Satan pushes, right? We all can agree on that. And I remember just my, one of my biggest struggles I had beginning ministry and still it comes up a little bit, those thoughts of feeling inadequate, but I felt so young and so unqualified and so out of my league, <laughs> like not even, not even feeling like I'm unqualified for God to use, but even when I would be in a room full of ministers and even now I can feel those thoughts and I'm just being a hundred percent transparent. 
those thoughts do still come because I know that's how Satan tries to manipulate and control me is feeling like I am less than out of your league, right? <laughs> but I guess in all reality, I would rather feel out of my league than feeling like I'm in a whole other league. Because I would never, I never ever want to get to a place where my humility is gone. And I know that the person I am today at 30 years old is greater because of God, not because of me. And I've learned things not because of me, but because of who God is and his power and his faithfulness and his goodness that kept me from so many bad decisions Excuse me, I don't mean to cry so much in this episode. So I felt so so young and so unqualified. And I definitely felt like I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and I was so scared, honestly, to commit my life to ministry. Because if you are a minister or a or a woman leader, or you're just a Christian woman that is just wanting more, that is wanting to be used by God, then you'll realize there is struggle. Ministry is not something that you should say, well, I'm crying now, and in this emotional experience, I'm going to say yes to God. Because honestly, in the day-to-day -day mundane lives of ministers, it's hard it's a struggle. You don't always have the smoke and the lights and the musicians and the worship team playing your favorite worship song as people are knelt down at the altar crying out to God. You don't always feel that way. That scene is not always set in your daily life. Being honest with you, the times where souls are being saved and addicts are being delivered and women from all across the country are saying this message has changed my life. It's amazing. It is truly amazing to see God's power working. But ministry is also a life of suffering. Of truly walking through a war zone. Every day. When every arsenal of hell is pointed at you and your family. The good, the amazing services, the promises of God, the prophetic words and the Holy Ghost just coming down like a flood. Those things, man, I mean, that that is what I live for. Those are the things of seeing people running from their pews to the altar, wanting God to change their life. That is what made me choose ministry, but you have to understand it is not a light calling. But thank God that even through the rough times and the hard times, the most difficult times of my life, he has sustained me. And I'm so grateful today to say that I've lived 30 years being sustained by my heavenly father that loves me so much. I'm so grateful. I learned so much so quickly 
And I've learned through these years that when people walked away, he was still there. When family criticized me and friends walked away, I lost a lot of relationships throughout the years through different reasons, different things, but all leading back to me saying yes to God. It was hard because we are relational people. We were made for relationship, right? We were made for relationship and communion with one another, but mainly for with God, right? We long for love. We long for acceptance and in ministry, it is far and few between if you're looking for acceptance and love from people. But I've learned that when they walked away, he was still there. I learned another important lesson is when cr criticism was at every corner, God matured me a lot. <laughs> he, he helped me grow through that because as a young minister and as a young person in general, it is hard to hear criticism. Not everybody likes criticism, right? I don't think any of us could say, yes, I love to be criticized. But... I've learned to be thankful for criticism as I've gotten older. And it's not because I'm perfect in any means. No, criticism is not always bad. And it's taken 30 years. <laughs> so if you're dealing with that, just listen, okay? I've, I feel the same way. <laughs> but it's taken, it's taken 30 years for God to really wring that pride out of me to accept and be humble enough to accept criticism because not all criticism is bad but I've learned to learn from people's criticism and grow through it and to take those that are sincere and generous in their criticism of wanting me to grow and change and be better as a minister as a better as a pastor to be better in empathy and love for one another to be more sound of mind and understanding in situations I didn't have enough information on or I didn't have a lot a lot of life skills on I'm thankful for those people I'm so thankful for the people that sat me down and told me what I did poorly I'm so thankful for those people that sat me down and said Lauren you can't do that you can't say those things because it's in those moments it's in those times that I've learned to mature. If we are so constantly against criticism, where we're like, oh, they're not my friend anymore. Oh, I can't believe that they would say that about me or they would even, well, thank God. If this criticism was sincere, they told you to your face. And I've learned through these years to be able to accept criticism humbly. To not take it to heart. And I've always asked God to not only humble me, but to help the Holy Spirit inside of me discern what is ill intent and what is sincere. Because some people want you to grow. They want to see you at the peak. They want to see you at the highest mountain. And there's some people that want to keep you in the valley. And it is so important to know who those people are, to use wisdom in that way. So I've learned that criticism is not bad, 
and to learn and grow from it, but not to give so much flack in people's opinions of me. If you know me, then you know that my, my love language is not words of affirmation. So it is very hard, <laughs> or I would say a little more difficult for me to feel offended at words. But my love language is acts of service and quality time. So you're in, in church and in ministry, actions speak volumes. And to me, I've had to not only be accept people, accept who God created me to be and not be so offended and so fixated on people's opinions, but I also have learned as a pastor and as a minister to not be so fixated on how people respond and how people act. Because even though I may get offended or take it personally, in ministry, at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's not about me. I'm thankful for 30 years of life, but I've realized it is not about me. My existence on this earth has very little to do with me and my desires. Has very little to do with just my family, even though I love my husband and my son. And I would hope that they would consider a blessing to have me in their life. I don't know if that would be every scenario or every day, but I love them so much. But I realize that my existence on this earth goes far greater. It's more than just me. As I was thinking about what I wanted to share with you, I was reminded of Numbers 13. When the Israelites are standing outside their promised land. They're literally standing there. They, they are moments, I mean steps away. They, they truly could just walk right into the very land God promised them. And to use wisdom, they said, okay, we're going to send spies in because we want to, you know, gauge how it is, who's living there, what needs to happen, right? Even though God has already said, I'm going to give you this land. And I'm going to give you the strength to overpower whoever you need to, to take it because this is your promised land that I have set apart for you. I'm reminded of Joshua and Caleb, these young men, I mean... <laughs> Young. They were the youngest of the spies. They were some of the youngest of the leaders of the whole tribe of Israel, like the whole shebang, right? They were, they were young kids. I mean, young guys. And they were eager to go in. So they sent Joshua and Caleb in with numerous other spies and they went in. And if you have read the story, if you've, if you've listened to it at all, then you would be able to, exact. you know exactly where I'm going with this. But if you haven't, Joshua and Caleb, they, all the spies come back and, and all, I mean, most of the, the majority of the spies besides Joshua and Caleb are like frightened. They are fearful. They are afraid. They are spouting off every negative thing that they saw in the promised land, how the big giants there were and how they're going to have to overtake them. And then all these things in the promised land they're going to have to do and just complaining pretty much. And Joshua and Caleb in their zeal and excitement and just their zest for life is what I really, I mean, I can see these young guys. They're just like, guys, oh my gosh, you need to see it. I mean, they're fixated on the amazing things of the promised land. They're showing this huge thing of grapes that they brought in. I mean, 
giant, right? And they're like, look at this. I mean, it is so, the land is so fruitful and it is amazing. And, and I think about them and they were looking at the same picture. They were looking at the same land and Joshua and Caleb, it was just their perspective and their mindset. And I know probably every episode I talk about perspective and mindset and, and just in ministry, how important that is to see that multiple people can be looking at the same scenario, but it is truly those that trust in God and have faith that can see that God's promises are true. So I want to share with you some promises and some wisdom that I've gained over the years, just four, four things for you today. The first thing I want to tell you is that faith involves risk. I've month every day. I am seriously, it is so, it is so prevalent and so necessary for you to realize that you will have to risk something. Faith, faith trusts God and his promises, but it always involves risk. When God calls missionaries to, or church planters to go to a country closed off to Christians, it, it, it costs them a lot. They're risking their life, their family's lives, their children's lives. When God calls us to partner in, with him in adoption, there's always a risk. There's a risk that adoption could fail or the child we've adopted might not connect with us or bond with us. There's always risk. When, when God calls us to witness to a family member, there's always risk that we're going to get totally rejected and, and totally disowned by our family. I mean, there's always risk involved in faith. And I want to encourage you, sisters, no matter who you are, what your age is, what season of life you're in. In my 30 years of life, I've realized there is no step that God will not ask us to take that won't involve risk. God will always ask us to do something, but it will always require a risk on our part. I'm reminded of Hebrews 11:6 that without faith it is impossible to please God. When I get to the end of my life and I want to enter heaven's gates and I not only want to hear from God, well done my good and faithful servant, but I want to get to heaven with every talent, every skill, every bit of anoint, everything that I had used up completely. And I know I can't do that. You can't do that. If we're so afraid to just take the first step. If we're so afraid of the giants that we can encounter in the promised land. If we're so afraid of what could happen that we're so, we're so we stop and neglect the fact that God has given us something that we need to use. You've been given gifts and talents skills, wisdom to impart to people. What have you used? What have you done with it? I know in 30 years of my life that there have been good times and terrible times that I've made amazing decisions and I've made terrible mistakes. 
And I'm thankful for God's faithfulness, but I wonder sometimes if I would have just been faithful, how far even more so I would be right now. But not just looking back, I want to look forward at the next decade of my life. When I hit 40 or even 35 in five years, I want to have given tenfold more than what I gave in my first 30 years of life. I want to give God more and I know it's going to require risk. The second little nugget of wisdom I would tell you, sisters, is that saying yes to God will not only show you who you were created to be, but it will reveal who the people in your circle truly are. Saying yes to God is difficult. Sometimes we can say yes to God in circumstances, and they might be a little easier, but all in all, it's hard to deny ourselves what we want out of our life and you may look at me and say Lauren you are married with a child you are a pastor you have all the things in your life that you wanted how are you how are you lacking in any desires I want to tell you something just because someone may have blessings that you have been praying for and I don't take those blessings for granted. I absolutely don't. There are so many desires in my heart. So many things and plans I made for myself. That I had to set aside. And I don't know if it's temporary right now. And that's okay. Or if it's going to be set aside forever. Because God wants me to lay down my life. And even though... We may not always see what people desire up front, right? When we look at other sisters that are longing for babies, longing for marriage, or even longing for friendship, those are things that we can see with the naked eye, right? We can see single women, single warriors that are just struggling and really wanting and desiring those things. And I first of all want to say my heart and my prayers are always with you. No matter what you're praying for. No matter what your heart's desires are. But I want to remind you, even when we don't always see with the naked eye, in, our, in front of our face, that someone still may be sacrificing dreams and plans and desires and ideas and things and have set them down for a season so that God could do the work. I have so many dreams inside of my heart. So many longings to see my city saved and to see my family saved. There's so much that I've prayed for. But I want to encourage you, whatever you're praying for, sister, we might not be praying for the same things, but I'm telling you we're in the same boat. And that saying yes to God, it requires risk. And sometimes we're going to lose out on relationships sometimes we're gonna have to sacrifice but I'm telling you it's going to make a difference there's gonna be so much growth inside of you I know in the seasons of my life that I felt like I was lacking and struggling whether physically through illness or financial issues or just longing for the next stage of this my life and just really wanting it to just be done and just let's go I'm ready 
for what God has in those seasons, that's when I grew the most. That's whenever I learned the most. That's when I matured the most is realizing that there's so much more in saying yes to God. The third thing I'd tell you if there was a story to tell is that you're going to have to wait for every good thing in this life, for every promise, for everything ordained for you to have. You're going to have to wait. And I know you might be like, wow, that's not encouraging at all, Lauren. But if you think about it, even in the natural, even in the world, if we're wanting something good, a lot of times, I mean, more times than not, it requires a season of waiting. If you're wanting to become a doctor, there are years and years of waiting and preparation to become that. If you're longing to get a degree or or a job promotion, there's going to be years of waiting to prove that you deserve that job promotion. And I'm not saying that God is looking for you to prove your, you deserve something because there's things he's already set in motion for you to have that has nothing to do with who you are or your qualifications. But I'm telling you, every good thing Every good thing requires a waiting period, a season of just waiting. So I do want to encourage you through that, that if you're waiting, you're not the only one. Everybody's waiting for something. Everybody's waiting for something. Lastly, I want to tell you, that I've learned through my 30 years of life is to fix your eyes on Jesus. When you're struggling with what the next step is or even to accept ministry, especially as a young woman or maybe an older woman, you feel like you're past your prime. I want to tell you, fix your eyes on Jesus. Because God has a way, if he's given you that dream and if he's given you that desire of your heart, it will come to pass and he will light a fire inside of you that will burn <laughs> greater than you've ever felt something, a yearning inside of your soul greater than you've ever desired something in your life. And if you're wondering today and maybe you're, you feel like your mind has been so confused of what to do or you feel like you're so unqualified I want to tell you fix your eyes on him it's easy to get focused on the dream and focused on these promises when and then we neglect the promise giver we neglect our gracious father because we're so fixed on something not yet that has not yet happened when really if he told you it will come to pass, let him worry about how it will. There are years of my life I spent in worry that I didn't need to worry. I didn't need to wander or even give in to confusion of the enemy because honestly, 
now at 30 years old, even though I don't have everything that I've been shown that, that I will have and not every dream or promise has come to fruition, I can tell you in 30 years of life, there's so much I prayed for that God has given me abundantly above what I wanted. Even though I've learned a lesson, I'm not perfect at always focusing on it, but I'm so grateful for the times that God taught me to just fix my eyes on him because it is in those seasons he proved the most faithful. Joshua and Caleb saw the same thing. They saw the same circumstances and the same situation as all the other spies, yet they had a different response. Joshua and Caleb had their eyes focused on God's almighty character. Joshua and Caleb, they, they saw the giants. They saw the, the, the battles that would have to take place. They saw that. I mean, they were not ignorant to the fact that there were going to have to be swords drawn. That there was a war that was going to have to take place. There were battles that were going to have to be fought. And... At 30 years old today, I'm telling you, realize there are battles that I'm going to have to fight. That in the next season of my life, there's going to be battles that you have to fight if you want to keep moving forward. Satan is not going to give up ground easily. But see, Joshua and Caleb, they weren't ignorant of the fact that they needed to fight. They just knew God's character. Out of everything I've spoken today, I hope that you know the character of God because it is him that he will sustain you. It's been 30 years of my life and like I said, it's not nearly as many as some other, pe other people and maybe most some I know in 30 years, I don't know everything, and I probably know little <laughs> compared to many. But I've learned to trust God's character. I've learned that even though, I've learned that even though it's been hard, and even though days have been joyful and days have been sad, and even though ministry is up and down and side to side and good and bad and ugly and wonderful and terrible. I mean, that's life, right? That's the beauty of life. I don't regret. I don't regret my decision saying yes to God. I can look back and truly say, I know God's character. That's the story I would tell. The story I would tell to every young woman longing for more and knowing in her heart, of, in her soul, a desire, a deep desire to serve God in ministry, to preach the word of God, to see the Holy Ghost come over her and use her to see souls saved, use her as a vessel. I would tell her, I know God's character. I know he's been faithful and he'll be faithful to you. That's the story I would tell to every woman, no matter your age, 
no matter your background or ethnicity, that keep fixing your eyes on him. Keep following him. Even when life gets confusing, hold on to him. Realize that faith takes risk. There's always risk. That saying yes to God will not only reveal a lot about you, but will reveal more about the people around you. To fix your eyes on Jesus. And to know that there's always waiting involved. I love you, friends. I'm so grateful for this podcast because not only has it blessed my heart that it truly helps so many of you, but I want you to know every week that I sit down to do these podcasts to share with you the most vulnerable parts of my life and to share with you lessons I've learned or that I'm still learning because I never speak on anything that God isn't still or continually dealing with me on. I hope you know that I love you, that this podcast was created and made for you. I sit down and pray that it will reach so many people because I want you to know that you're not alone there's too many things in this world wreaking havoc on our minds. You need something. I wanted to give you something that would encourage you to keep pressing forward. I'm so thankful for you warriors. And I'm so thankful that you tune in every week. I love you. And I hope that you know that there is a Heavenly Father that loves you so much. So much, in fact, that he is ordering every single step of your life. He is ordering every single meeting, every single person, every single event in your life. He is ordering your steps to show you that he cares and he loves you. And even when bad things happen, and even when terrible things happen, and even when we live in misery for a time and we're struggling... I want you to know that God's character is true. That he is a God of love and peace and joy. And he will bring victory to your life. And he will sustain you, sister. I pray that God blesses you and your families as you go forward in this week. I will see you next week with another episode of the Warrior Within the Woman podcast. Love you, friends. Mm -hmm.